0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: So, uh, what was the final result? Well, we went to Old Trafford,
2: that place, and we won four two. So,
1: should, should shall I go, or should should we all go together? I think we'd probably best all go together. Okay. One, two, three. Yeah! <laughs> Liverpool played Man United yesterday at Old Trafford, and we won four two, and it was a fantastic performance. And uh, we're all desperate to talk about it. So, joining me today on the Arlases Podcast is Stephen Eddie Jones and the the one and only Mister Paul Moran. Boys, how are you feeling, Paul? I'll come to you first. What do you what do you feel this morning or after that result?
3: Well, you know, we always go into games. Certainly, we haven't won there since 2014, they, they said last night. Uh, which I didn't realise it was that long, actually. I didn't think it was seven years since we'd won there. But, you know, you go into the game hoping for the best and then the way we played last night, whether you'd say it's back to normal or back to last season's performance, there were certainly things at the back where we were getting caught a little bit square. But, It's a fantastic result. It's Any other team goes there. You say Leicester went there and won, but you know the team United had out that night compared to the team through at Villa. So we're now... I know the season doesn't depend on where you finish in relation to Everton, but we're now four points ahead of them. But we've got this chance to get in the Champions League, which...
2: I guess where I was really worried in the game last night, I mean, the turnaround just before half-time and just after half-time, which was fantastic and absolutely brilliant to see Bobby get a brace... Mm. It was really great to see Bobby get a brace. The bit that that I didn't enjoy was when they started coming back into the game in the second half there for that fifteen or twenty minute period when we were three, two ahead. And and then I've got to say that I kind of had me I was watching it in between my fingers because it, it was getting very, very tense. I I knew that we were so close. To Get in the result that we, we actually uh, needed and, and wanted, but I, the way things have gone this season, I, I guess I was just expecting it to get snatched away yeah. right at the death and, and, and but really felt pretty good after the match and yeah, and true. then, like everybody else, I was kind of studying the league tables and thinking, well what's the best result for the Leicester yeah. and Chelsea game and, and all that, and I still
1: can 't work out what is possibly best that Leicester win that
2: game. maybe
1: I don't know. The accountant and you uh, obviously uh, wants to look at the stats and figures. Yeah. Just dragging it back to before the game, Dad. Um, I know it's not a game that you relish watching either. I mean, I sometimes wonder whether your hatred for Man United is actually greater than your love for Liverpool. I've often <laughs> said that. But, um, I mean, I certainly looked at the team. I, didn't, I don't think it was going to be any surprises with the team. But when you actually saw that team announced, and we've got the two lads playing at the back, and then you look at their front four: Fernandez, Rashford, Cavani, Pogba. You know, it certainly it certainly put the wind up me. I mean, how, how were you feeling before the game? I know you're normally nervous anyway, but did it make you? You know, did, did you have any hope at all that we could get a result? Yeah. Uh,
0: not not really. I've got a friend who is at work, and he's a Man United supporter. And he was, I was chatting to him, and he was saying. That um, Solskjaer actually got it wrong. We should have fielded um, a strong team against Leicester and uh, and a weakened team against us. And he said because because actually that that it is desire to not let us um, qualify it seems to overtake things. And I, I wrote in the um, in in my blog um, that um, I wonder before the game. I wonder, could this come come back to bite them? Yeah, um, you know the decision that he'd made is he, he seemed to be he said, the fact that he uh, played a weekend side against Leicester, obviously got beat, and then obviously thought that he was going to win this one and you know put paid to any chances that we have. And sometimes, sometimes um, you know it just works out that we went on there and we the first first. Five or ten minutes, we went brilliant, but then we seemed to find something, yeah, something of the old sort of vigour and uh, and determination um, to, uh, and we played uh, played re- really really well.
1: Mm. Paul, just um, just taking on from what my dad said, the the first, I mean, I watched that first that first fifteen minutes. Obviously, they got the goal. Um, but it looked to me like it was almost a bit disrespectful from Man United. They looked like they were showboating. There was a little passenger play up near the line where, you know, it was all one touch and it was all like, you know, flicking your foot over the ball and all that. And I thought, I really hope our lads sort of are looking at this and thinking, you know, you cheeky bastards. And I think that's what happened. We played our way into the game. I mean, what what did you think?
3: I, it's one of them things it was like the FA Cup game at Old Trafford. you know we I thought we played alright there we kind the end of a 3-2 defeat but it's the same thing United seem to have something where as you say you know my dad used to use the word fanning there's a little bit of fannying was going on and it, it does annoy players you know you've only got to watch other games where someone you know Neymar is a prime example of it he fannies around with the ball when they're winning someone tries to kick him then there's a massive fallout between all the players. It, it does rile players. I don't mm. care what level it's at. You know, even a non-league, if someone starts trying to show off, you know, they get cheated. Now, we've got the players who have stepped up last night. Mm. I don't, it wouldn't say United were doing that. I think it's it one of them things where you stand off them and give them the time to do it. And it seems to be more prevalent with the no fans in the ground. There's more fanning, to use that word again, at games now than there ever has been over the years I've watched football. People flicking the ball and trying to do little clever things with the ball. And 1-0 up, you know. I mean, when are you ever safe with a 1-0 lead after 10 minutes? Yeah. You start trying to take the press after that, you've got no chance. Yeah. If you play the team as we are at, the, at last night, who stepped up, you know, scored four great goals, could have had more. And you'd look at it and say, well, the defence were doing this, that and the other. It doesn't matter. You score four goals, you're generally going to win. Mm. And you know, four good goals. I don't know what the goalie was doing on Salas. That was like someone in the park. That that was, I really don't know what he was doing there. I, mean, I played in goal myself. You think that's the goalie did exactly what you'd want a goalie to do if it was against you because he, he didn't even make himself big or anything. Well, that, he, he, that
1: was the, the, the comment from Roy Keane after the game. He, he yeah, said he, he was oh, having a go at it, looked yeah. small. In that instance, he looked very, very small. Like, you know, I mean, Keane will be used to Schmeichel making himself look massive. and do that
3: L-shape thing he used to do.
1: It's that fantastic story that Peter Schmeichel used to wear really mad goalkeeping shirts, and that was all part of it. It was all part of the psychology to try and put an attacker off if he was one-on-one, which I found fascinating. I didn't
3: realise it was linked. I just thought that was umbro. Peter Shilton, years ago... uh, the other lads will remember this as an all arses pod. Uh, Peter Shilton at one stage wore all-white when he was playing for Leicester. He wore an all-white goalkeeper kit. Really? And people said, don't you think people will be able to see it easier? And he says, well, that's what it's for. If the mm. striker looks up, he'll just see the white shape in goal rather than the goalkeeper in the green, as they all used to wear then anyway. But mm. there's, there's pictures of him. You can see pictures of him. Peter Shilton wore an all-white kit. When he was playing for Leicester, and that was the explanation that he wanted to fill the goal more. Interesting. So yeah. makes sense. Steve, just coming
1: to you, um, the two lads at the back. Um, obviously a lot of my anxiety before the game was was, was angled sort of angled towards them and you know, Reese Williams has has played some good games this season. He's just a kid, he's nineteen years old. Um there's been games when he's great. It, the last game we kind of saw him was a game at Old Trafford in the FA Cup where he made that mistake, didn't he? Um, so, you know, that was a worry. Uh, but they performed really well, didn't they? I mean, how did you see their performance?
2: They, they did. And, and I've got to admit that I, I was quite worried going into it because when I saw the United line-up, I thought, oh, goodness, with, with our centre-backs here, we're really going to have a, a bit of a, 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 a struggle. In, in fact, part of me... I've not normally been an advocate of putting Fabinho at centre-half because I think that we lose too much in midfield. But last night, I was thinking maybe that was the game to actually do that. Yeah. And I was a little bit surprised when 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 the two lads were there. I, I, I mean, let, let's be perfectly honest about it. At the moment, you know, Nat and Reese. They're, they're not top Premier League centre backs. That they're not. They're not at that level. They may be in the future. Things may may come on, and and you know that they've got to develop, as you rightly say. There, that you know, particularly Reese is a kid, mm. and, and 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 he he he's showing a, a lot of um, increasing confidence, I, I think, uh, but he does get caught out, and he is he, he is slow. I thought last night they were fantastic. Mm. Uh, they were absolutely superb. That the that the pair of them, and you know, they played a big part in us getting those three points last night that we we really really needed. So, hey, yeah, they're not they're not. At that top level in terms of performance at this at this stage. But last night they did a fantastic job for us. And that's important because we're now going into three games. And I think that the confidence that they would have gained from last night is really going to put us in good stead for these final three games. Because we've got we won last night, but we've got three games that we we really do need to win. Yeah. Now and and okay. It's it's West Brom, it's Burnley, it's Crystal Palace. It's not Manchester United, but it's one game at a time. And I think that the whole side will have taken a lot of confidence from going to Old Trafford last night and coming away with the points.
1: Completely. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Dad, just just on, on the centre-back pairing, I mean, I, I don't know what you think about, about this, uh, uh, all of you, really. If Henderson was fit... Would you have no problem with Fabinho going back there? Is it is it the problem that we don't have? I mean, Henderson is a re- replacement, I suppose, for Fabinho if if needed. As at six, I'd rather yeah. see Henderson as an eight, but at six he can do that job. That's one of the problems with Henderson being out. You can't you can't sort of um, square that circle, can you? With the with putting Fabinho back there, you don't you lose in midfield. But if Henderson was there, it'd be okay, wouldn't it? What do you? I mean, what do you think, Paul? I think the two to two lads
0: actually last night they did really really well, and uh, it's um, it says I was really good for the for the for the future. Uh, I think that if we put Fabinho there, even with Henderson back, um, we we miss that creativity. Um, and what was nice for me last night was watching. The faces of the Man United players and the Man United um, manager and and coaches. It was just brilliant because their face. They were all, almost sort of what happened here. Well, basically, what's happened is we've got a bit of our, our metal back. Mm. That's what. That's what happened. So I was just great. To, it was just great to see it, and uh, I was obviously delighted. I was uh, behind the settee, I think as I wrote in my blog, <laughs> uh, sometimes just, uh, just peeling over the settee sometimes but then that's because I feel that sometimes uh, the way we've been playing, I'm expecting it, to, but it th- th- didn't they stepped up to the mark, played really, really well Every, everyone, I mean I think Trent was absolutely magnificent and he's coming for a lot of criticism recently about his play, and he was absolutely magnificent. As were the other lads, mm. and the spirit in the in the side was back. Yeah, that's what I liked about it.
1: Yeah, I was. I mean, you've just preempted my my question to Paul. To be honest with you, the fullbacks have had up and down seasons. Trent, obviously, I think he had COVID at the beginning of the season, and it, you know he's had that whole thing with England, which is ridiculous. Robo has been a warrior all season. He's played every single game that he possibly can and last night it looked like the old fullbacks to us again and and it was interesting that Jurgen in his post match comments mentioned something about the fullback areas of man united trying to exploit the space and i think he sorted it out after 15 minutes and then they got control of the game i mean, what what in your in terms of you i mean isn't it, it how how crucial do you think the fullbacks are to the way we play and it, you know are you pleased to see them you know, getting An integral part in.
0: of our of our play, and it was good. They 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 come in for criticism, and it was it was just good to see them uh, back to their old self. Sorry, mate. <laughs> at, at,
1: at what point did you change your name to Paul? By the way, Don. <laughs> oh,
3: sorry. I'm just going to I'm just going to hold a picture of me up next week. Oh, like, oh, <laughs> like the, go go to the pub and just sit there. go to the pub and not be here, like. So, Paul Moran,
1: <laughs> the fullbacks. Yeah? Yes.
3: <laughs> uh, your, your fullbacks come into play more when you've got two proper centre-halves playing yeah. now, whether you talk about you know Rhys and Natas as young lads at the end of the day they're both centre-halves now I think it just gives the fullbacks more confidence if you like in going forward and you talk about Fabinho before moving back or you know a fit Henderson moving back if you've got two fit centre-backs I'd, I'd played them personally but you know, obviously it's not our decision to do that but if you've got even Kabak and Phillips, Kabak and Williams, and then you've got the other lads hopefully coming back. You know, you see videos of him in training, uh, Virgil van Dijk and that. How far away from match fitness he is, that's a totally different matter. Hopefully he said he's not going with Holland in the summer, which would have been an absolute disaster for me. And I'd, I'd rather Trent didn't get go with England personally. I've got no... Allegiance to England at all. I'm not bothered if England win, lose, draw, or don't play. It, it doesn't make any difference to me. England it doesn't matter who's playing for them either. It doesn't, if there's Liverpool players in, it doesn't make, I just want our players not to get injured. I'm not bothered what happens. I've never, I've never really been bothered about international football as such, but certainly the way some of our lads seem to get treated by the press and the fans, I don't know why they'd be worrying about playing for England up to a point. I know it's a prestigious thing if you're in that position, but. If someone said, Trent's not going in the summer, I'd be out oh, great. That suits me. I'm worried about him playing for there down with Gareth Southgate. at all to make any difference to me. I'd rather he didn't. And Henderson, I don't want Henderson to get fit and play the last game and then announce he's fit for the summer. Mm. They need to have a rest. A few of them need rests over the summer. Of and I hope he's one of them. But again, going back to your question, it, the confidence of the fullbacks can be, you know, you're watching that last night. Trent's in that position a lot more than he has been the rest of this season. Another interesting point you made before there, them last three games, we've got Burnley, who beat us at Anfield, West Brom, who drew with us, and Crystal Palace, who we absolutely destroyed away, but that was in December. But you're talking like, if you said the last three games were Brighton, Burnley, oh great, you know, well, there's six points, they both beat us. Mm. We've got to go out, we've got to play like we did last night. And hopefully we can do it against teams like that. And it's what I say all the time on things like this. If we play to our full potential, we'll beat them. There's just a lot of times this season we haven't. And for whatever reason, we've been very flat in games. But like last night, there was just, just like an old spark there, if you look last night. There's was just like when we were going forwards, everyone, they all bombing. When Jotted at the post, for instance, that move, that was a fantastic move. There's all, you know, when I say fantastic move, there's movements off the ball. You can see it where everyone's going in different directions and the United players couldn't cope with it. Yeah. And even the first goal, just quickly on the first goal, uh, my friend Martin Tyler's commentary on the first goal, if you listen to it, was Jota's touched it in, was what he said. Now, if you watch what Jota did, he doesn't touch it in. He does an incredible flick with mm-hmm. his wrong foot. And our friend Martin's commentary, you know, the over the top commentary as usual was, he actually said Jota's touched it in, I and mean, he pr- pr- prick like he's touched <laughs> it in. That if that's touching it in, I said some players haven't done anything else in the rest of their careers. Then because if that's how he wants to do. it, And even at the end, he was saying stuff at the end about United not being interested because they've already qualified and you know they've got the Europa League final. Everything was everything was against what Liverpool did last night. Everything we did last night was down to United not being asked. Apparently. But they're not asked, why did they play a different team against Leicester?
1: Yeah, of
3: course. that doesn't get mentioned, you know. And you got them divvies outside the ground, whatever that was, that trying to let the tires down on the bus. I mean, I personally, I didn't think you could let tires down on a bus like that. I didn't think you could just walk up to it and let the tires down. Now, whether these are all staged images by the press, which they might be as well, uh, a lot, a lot of it was ridiculous. And then they're showing videos again outside the ground. It's a protest against the Glazers and they're just singing an anti-Liverpool song. Mm. So it's nothing to do with the Glazers up to a point. It's it's all, it's just a chance to protest and they don't do it the Leicester game. They don't do it the Roma game. They do it at the two Liverpool games.
1: I found it interesting that uh, Gary Neville was making comments before the game about how um, important and how much of a devastating effect Maguire was out of the Man United team. And I'm thinking, you try having three of them out if you had Maguire, I said this to someone the other week. if you had Maguire, Bailey and Lindelof all out injured for six months of the season, see how you get on? You being sixth or seventh, you're
3: probably even lower. But so, well, he's, he's, he's yeah, saying, yeah. isn't he, you know, it's you can't use that as an excuse. I know, but and that's last, what he
2: said to us. That's, last, that's, yeah, that's I'm saying that's what he said to us.
3: Yeah. You can't use that as an excuse. And then last night, exactly. uh, I, I call him uh, Talos, Harry Maguire, off the Jason and the Argonauts film, you know, the big metal figure. <laughs> slow moving I, I I think he looks like Talos when he's moving into position <laughs> I, I just don't rate him at all never did when he was with Leicester didn't when he was with Hull City uh, and he's just getting overblown now as to some again show me age rude crawl from Holland he's like apparently like him at the back spraying the ball around and running things I've never seen him doing that I've seen him at the post from two foot out in that cup game the other week Well, I've never seen him doing anything that you'd say I wish we had him so Steve, you um, in your
1: <laughs> first bit of uh, chat, uh, have you got everything off your chest now, Paul, by the way? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You're gonna walk. laughs> I'm just going to walk
3: off now and go have a light now. Don't do that.
1: I don't want a BG's moment. Um, <laughs> Steve, you in the first bit of thing, that, uh, the first time you spoke on the podcast, you, uh, you spoke about Bobby. And I want to have a little chat about Bobby because he's got his, you know, he's. I always see it on Twitter when Bobby doesn't score, he, you know, he's we need to have a chat about Bobby and all this sort of stuff. And I think it's time he moved on. Great to see him get the game, the, the goals last night. I mean, what, what did you think of his all-round performance? I thought he was really good, Gav. Uh, I mean, I'm
2: a, I'm a great lover of Bobby. Uh, and apart from anything else, I love his song. It is the best song going, that one. Um, and I think that we've said for the last few years, is Bobby is one of those players who does so much work that you just don't see, you really just don't see it. I, I've always felt that in in the front three, Bobby is is the glue that that, that, that binds the other two together. Quite honestly, and yeah, he, he's he's had a, a relatively poor season. I, even I, even I would admit that. I wouldn't try and argue that on on that on that particular one. But it was clear on his face how. Pleased and delighted. He was absolutely chuffed to get those two goals last night. It meant an awful lot to him. And I thought, I mean, any, any guy that gets two goals in a game, you'd expect him to get man of the match, wouldn't you? He didn't actually get it last night, but you would expect somebody who scores two goals to get the man of the match. Mm. Uh, and I thought he he was my man of the match, quite 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 honestly. Um, I mean, just on your point, Paul, about listening to our friend Mr. Tyler on commentary on, on commentary there, I, uh, I I have a solution to that. When, whenever him and, and and Mr. Neville are on commentary, I always watch the game on mute anyway. I just switched the commentary off because I, I just can't stand it. It's it's a bit like watching MUTV, I would guess. You know, listening to those <laughs> listening to those two going on, and unfortunately, I, I don't think Carrer on commentary, you know, provides any balance to that. He he he
1: he he's gone the other way. I'm afraid, Cara, Unfortunately, but, I think sometimes Cara Bobby Gale. is is afraid of being too pro Liverpool. He seems very conscious of being pro Liverpool on yeah, he does, when he's doing his commentary. I don't know whether yeah, he, he, he does. I mean Neville's not too afraid of being too pro man United, quite
2: on quite honestly. I, I think Carragher's got worse on commentary since that incident with unfortunately in the car. He he, he 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 and it's almost as if he's trying he's he's gone even further to try and prove that he's not biased towards Liverpool. Um which which is which is a pity because loved him as a player. Absolutely loved the guy as a player. Uh
1: Dad, um <clears throat> obviously Jota gets a goal, Mo Salah gets a goal at the end. Um it's a fantastic, you know, lightning run, great finish. I know we had we talked about the goalkeeper not doing the best, but you know, Mo's performances have been um in the main very good, but he he can be quite patchy. I mean, what did you think of him overall last night? I thought he he made a great great
0: contribution. The the thing that, uh, just going back to the the defence, young Phillips, basically, scored an own goal, didn't he? Yeah. And then then came back from that with the performance that he did. I mean, that shows tremendous character for him to do that. And it was great to uh, to actually see. I mean, for me, Mo Salah is... uh, always has something in his in his locker there that it may come out and you never you never know when it is going to come out. He's had, he's had a bit of a lean a lean spell but he's such a great player and he's always trying. He's you know when he how he turns so quickly um and keep, and still keeps hold of the ball is quite tremendous. Mm. So I think I think he's still I mean, there's, there's, there's rumours going that he may want to go or something like that. I don't know. Um, and I hope he doesn't because I think he's a tremendous player. I th-
1: I just, I'll just stay with you, Dad. Um, the substitutions were made a difference as well, I thought. We we just needed some legs in midfield at the time when Jones came on. Um, and then Sadio stretched them because he's quick, obviously. I mean, he he obviously had that one-on-one, which he, he couldn't quite uh, execute. I mean, what did you think of the substitutions?
3: I,
0: I thought it, I thought at the time it just gave us a little bit more uh, a bit a bit more effort so that, well not effort but maybe a bit of energy mm-hmm. and that was at the right time I thought I thought um, our manager's um, management of the game was absolutely fantastic and also I mean you know people are going to talk about the snub by Mane afterwards to, um and I've, I've watched it a couple of times. Well, listen. I expect him to have a cob on if he's not picked. He should have a cob on yeah. if he's not picked, but he wasn't picked because he wasn't contributing. So,
1: it, it, to, be, uh, to be fair to Mane, he scored two in the last two games.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, I know that. I, I, and
1: over the course of the season, I get what you're saying, but he yeah. scored two in the last two games. Felt like he was getting a bit of a run, so I understand why he's annoyed. But he should be annoyed he should, He should be annoyed by yeah. by that. And, and and
0: i think I think he was a bit childish to do what he did yeah, of course and i Klopp won 't take any notice of that he'll, he'll in fact i think he 's already said he sh- he, sh- he should be not happy about being, not being picked he needs to think why he wasn 't picked yeah. and do something about it that's that 's absolutely right i mean i think uh, I think our manager 's management of of last night was was, was, was astonishing really and uh, he, he obviously had a plan and uh, so pleased so pleased to see it it's just quite amazing
1: if you're enjoying this video so far please show your support for the ken 7 channel by subscribing clicking the like button and also clicking the notifications button as well to get future broadcasts if you could also share the video on your twitter and facebook account That will show YouTube's algorithm that you like our content. Have you heard about Ken7 merchandise? The link is in the description of this video. We have premium fanware for fans covering Liverpool, Celtic and Scotland. And it's fanware for young and old. So we have t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts caps, mugs, you name it, we've got it. Just something else to remember, every purchase that is made on our website, we donate to the Marina Dalgaliche Appeal. So you're helping a great cause as well. So we'll leave the game there. I mean, it's been fantastic that, you know, we've we've had a good chat about that. But what I want to now concentrate on, on is the summer transfer window. And I was just wondering whether you, what sort of positions you think we need to strengthen? Do we need an overhaul or we just need uh, the odd bits and pieces here and there? Paul, I'll come to you. What you know? Where would you strengthen? If you, you're Jurgen, where would you strengthen in the summer?
3: Well, you've got to look at the injuries that these players have had and whether they'll come back as they were. Even you know that's one of the big questions. You've got your three <laughs> centre backs. I don't think Matip's a long term answer. Whether you need another experienced centre back might be some. But it's I said this to someone the other week. You can only sign players who are going to improve the squad. It's, there's no point in just it's like even you know, the, the only one who says about Mbappe signing him up front. Now your dad's just mentioned there's rumours about Mane uh, Salah wanting to leave. There's rumours about Mane. Not from last night. There was previous rumours about if you get rid of two of them, then you've obviously got to buy two more forwards. But who you buy is then the next question. Now hopefully, that mean my personal thing would be to try and convince them to stay for at least another season, if not two, because I think there's got a lot more to offer, I and mean, whether these rooms, it's like Winaldon. you know, he seems to be going to Barcelona with his Dutch manager there. Now, whether he does or not, another thing, or if he leaves, you need someone in midfield to sort of back up the other ones who are there. But I'd rather have Thiago and Fabinho in midfield anyway, because I think Wijnaldum offers a different level. Uh, possibly, I don't know, it's hard to explain what Wijnaldum offers sometimes, and that's not criticism of him, you know, because sometimes you forget he's playing, but he's doing the job. As Steve said, like uh, Bobby, he's doing a job that you don't really see. It's like the old Ronnie Whelan thing. You know, Ronnie Whelan. He never used to get any plaudits or praise, really. But when he wasn't there, it made a hell of a difference to the city. Up centre half mm. to stop moving the midfield players from midfield to the defence. Mm. You know that team last night. He won four two at Man United without listing them. The players who aren't playing. It's unbelievable.
2: Lipsy is what twenty four, I think. Cabac's twenty. Um, off the top of my head, I'd probably go with Nat Phillips. If, if I'm if I'm absolutely honest, um, Kabak may be a great centre half in 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 the future. I mean, he was really wobbly when he first came to us. I think he's developed a bit since since then. I mean, on on the wider transfer issue, I think Jurgen's already said that there's he doesn't see this as being a major. Transfer type of summer. And and I think that Paul, you've already touched on the fact that, that I can only see us getting a major in if we have a major out. Yeah. I.e. one of our, one of our big names would need to go for us to bring in another big name. And and, and I guess that the two that do come to mind are the, are the two strikers, uh, Sadio Mane or Mo Salah, neither of whom I would want to see leave Liverpool Football Club. Not. Absolutely not. So I you know, I don't think we're gonna hang our hats on on I, I always think the Mbappe thing's been ridiculous anyway. But any other big transfers coming in, I I, I really, I really can't can't see. I mean, clearly Genie, it looks as if he's going to Barcelona for whatever reason. Um, that's obviously up to him. Don't think he's had a a brilliant season. Surprised at the way he's been persisted with. Um, you know, over the last few months, although I think that's been a question of needs must
1: most of the time, uh, I mean, because I, I would defend anyone here. To... I think he's been overplayed. Maybe I so. Think he, I think he's probably got too many minutes in his legs. Maybe,
2: maybe, maybe so. And you know, he's had the captaincy and all, which is, mm. I suppose, has been a little bit bizarre. Given that, you know, everyone seems to think that he's off to Barcelona in a few weeks. A few weeks time, that, that's strange. But you, you know, we've we've had no one really to replace them with. I, although it wouldn't be a straight replacement. I I I, 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 I guess that the fact that Naby's had such a struggle yeah. really has had a struggle has, has, been a real problem for us. And a lot of, a lot of fans are saying, get rid, just jettison uh, Nabby. I think he's 43 million pounds in the books, actually, mm. kind Cater. Uh, some of that would have been amortized by now, clearly. But, you know, he's still, it, he, it, it's still a big asset on our books, and I'm really not sure what we we get with him. I always feel with Naby, and I know I'm going off the subject a little bit, but I always feel with Naby, there's a really great player in there, yeah, just desperate to get up, to get out, but it, it, it just hasn't happened. When he first came, I thought this is this is a revelation this lad in midfield, you know, as a box-to-box. This is an absolute revelation. And then it just went and he's had such terrible time with injuries, um, which I don't know what the reason for
1: for, for that is. Mm. Dad, would you, looking at the centre-back, I mean, Paul alluded to it before, the centre-back position. My my thing is... that you've got three lads there who are injured matip's not got a great injury record anyway gomez has got a really really bad injury now it could take him quite a while like you said didn't you it could be september october before he gets back would you go into i would you go into the season with just those three and one other or do you think we need to keep one or two more on the back burner, just just in case, and that Phillips a caback. How how would you say? I mean, do you do you first of all? Do you think we need to sign a centre back? And secondly, do we sign a centre back and get rid of those two, or do we need to keep the other two?
0: Only the, I don't think we've got the information. Only the people obviously at Liverpool would uh, would know that. What I don't want is that we actually go and buy. The fellow that we've been interested in, Konate, is some of his name. Yeah, how that. he has got, he's got, he's got a terrible injury record, and you don't want to be buying someone like that. The other thing that I'd say about us uh, as, as a club, I like to see us buy players, not the big players like Mbappe or, or is it Harland, uh, yeah. who I think wants a million pound a week, right wages, and we shouldn't be going for them. We sh- what we should be. And obviously, our backroom staff would be doing this. Is looking for what, for for players who are on the way up, not the players who are already at the top. And that's what I'd like. That's what I'd like to see at Liverpool. But as as far as the centre back, I'm very very impressed with uh, with that Phillips. I mean, he I mean that he, to do what he did last night after at, at Old Trafford against against. Against Manchester United, our biggest foes, probably, um, after after being responsible for their goal, mm. that's that to me shows tremendous character, mm. and I, I quite like that. So I'd be looking at, at look what we got, and obviously there's going to be other other maybe younger players at Liverpool now who have now got another year under mm. the under, under under the belt at Liverpool Football Club.
1: Okay, so. I think we'll leave that there because you've, you've all literally just sat on the fence. Can I just say <laughs> one other thing? <laughs> can I just I'm say one other thing?
0: Of hey? Gab, can I just say one other thing? What I was pleased at last night is that unfortunate accident, that young lad, Jordan, who uh, at Blackpool, who was killed be, you know, with, the, with the lightning, and Liverpool Football Club, so near Liverpool Football Club, they came out and on their training kit, he had his name. Yeah. On the back. Yeah, for and I fantastic. That was, you know, in all the things that's going on, I thought that was a great tribute. He's a big Liverpool fan, I believe. Uh, at his uh, club, they used to call him Little Milner.
1: Yeah. no, so, really? No.
0: That's tremendous. Yeah. I, I'm very proud of our club doing that.
1: Great shout, Dad. Great shout. I like that. Um Just one final thing before we go. Um And I've, I've, I've pre- sort of prepped... I think Steve's had a little look at this, but obviously, with you guys, with all your years of experience, um, I've just wondered whether anything came to mind from transfers back in the day before we had social media, before we had the internet. Steve, I'll come to you first because I know we had a, a brief chat about it the other day. What you know, did did you think of any any stories about transfers from back in the day?
2: Um, yeah, and it's very very different with transfers now. Um, than transfers back, in, like you say, back in the day, because we never really found out that much about them. I mean, they just happened. The the first news that you had that someone was joining Liverpool Football Club was when they signed. And so, I mean, nowadays it, there's just a huge build up to it, uh, and it, it is totally different. I mean, I, I did think back to 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 a couple of transfers. Um, I, the, the first really big transfer I can remember, and I, I was only a kid. It was in 1967, and, and it, it was a, a, a chap called Tony Hatley. And, and we 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 paid the club record hundred thousand pounds for, for for Tony Hately, and he was he was going to be the, the 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 final piece in the jigsaw almost for us in the, to go into the second grade Bill Shankly side. I think we played hundred thousand pound from from Chelsea. Signed him in 1967. Um, he got I had a look after we spoke yesterday, he got 27 goals in that season. And then the following season, he he, he couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo, actually. <laughs> uh, to be quite to be quite honest. And he, he never really scored many goals with his feet, but in the air he was absolutely imperious. It was like he had a ladder to get to get up to. We, we, uh, he only stayed two seasons. We eventually jettisoned him. Um, I, I think at the end of the following season, I think he went to Coventry City, uh, actually, but he, he was, he was the first big one that I, I kind of remember. I, I often think back to 1972 and one that got away. It was a transfer that got away. And unfortunately, the, 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 the guy passed away quite recently, a guy called Frank Worthington. Uh, who Shankly tried to 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 sign, and uh, he failed the medical. It was all done. I mean, it was this was in the press. There was photographs of him signing the contract. There's, there's a all photograph
1: done. of him outside Anfield, I think, if, when he's he's due to go in to sign. I've seen it. I'm sure yeah. I've
2: yeah yeah. And, and and he eventually failed the medical with high blood pressure. So it was thought a good idea with Frank to to send him away to Mallorca for a week. Um, to rest. Now, um, Frank was, a. I think they call him a bit of a character. <laughs> <laughs> and evidently he enjoyed himself in Mallorca so much that he came back and, and, and his blood pressure was even higher
0: oh, when God. he
2: came back through uh, drinking and, 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 you know, a few young ladies that, that, that he met, met out there. Um, and I remember he, he, when he retired from football, he joined the after dinner circuit, and and I was at a dinner one one night, and, and and Frank was the after dinner speaker, and he told all these tales, and he freely admitted all the things that he got up to when he was in Majorca. Um, but eventually, we were signing him from Huddersfield, and I think he, he went to Leicester City, and he did a job job for them, but he was a total character, uh, this guy. So
1: he was one that kind of got away. Mm. Paul, any 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 stories that you can think of?
3: Well, so about the first player I can remember us being involved with signing was John Tosha when he came from Cardiff, mm-hmm. which I think was about 1970, early mm-hmm. 70. It was early. He scored against Devon in that derby in 70, so he must have come late 69 or early 70. But the two that I always think of that got away when my dad was with the club, these were both still going on. The first one was Teddy Sheringham who we'd almost signed, which if you look at what he did with the clubs he went to, I'd have loved to have seen him. I did like him anyway, Teddy Sheringham, but those of him in a Liverpool shirt. But the one that got away from me with my uh, allegiance to the Argentinian football stuff is we very nearly signed uh, Batistuta at one point. Yeah, we nearly. Roy mentions it. There's a few things with Roy on YouTube where he talks about it because someone asked him about signings he didn't want to make. And, uh, there was something about his knee injury. Uh, the club wouldn't sanction the last bit of the signing, but we could have had Gabriel Batistuta wow. playing for us, which would have been a fantastic, yeah, more Crash Bow. I always wanted us to sign, but we never got either of them. We never, yeah. we never had an Argentinian until we got Mascarano, who was a totally different player. But great, they, that's the two. I'd, I'd love to have seen Sheringham and Batistuta playing for us in the. Yeah, the Early to mid-90s. That wasn't been quite uh, entertaining at that time, certainly. And what about you, Dad?
0: Well, for me, the great story is that um, we signed in 1977 uh, Mr Kenny Dalglish. And that was, just, that was just the best thing. And then later, as you know, we're friends. And uh, he told me that he was at Liverpool when he was 16. Mm. And I said, what were you doing there? He said, I was on trial for two weeks he said, "But he said, I went. He said, I went back home after eleven days because I was homesick. And we could have had him
1: before we actually signed him. What What do you remember about that signing, Dad? Do you, do you remember it being heralded as 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 like a, a galactico type signing as you would have today?
0: No, it wasn't like that day. Those days, it was. I mean, obviously, he had a great reputation." Um, you know, up, up in Scotland, but um, he was just and don't forget, you know, Keegan had just gone, and then this Kenny Dag come, oh, he's, he's, yeah, he's a Scottish player, yeah, fantastic. And um, what a signing that was! I mean, I just, hes just, he's he, well, they, they use the word legend a lot, but I mean, he's a legend, there's no doubt about that. Do you and know also, he told me he was at West Ham for two weeks as well on trial. Wouldn't know do, that,
2: would you? Do you know Sixty
0: years of age.
2: We we got changed from that deal because we sold Keegan for yeah. five hundred thousand, and I think Kenny signed for four hundred and forty thousand. So so we actually got changed from that deal. And I think that the thing about the Kenny signing as well that gets me is, had Keegan not gone, we may not have signed, signed. that and he may have signed for some other club. God. Well, we, it, it doesn't
1: bear thinking about, does it? it doesn't actually. No. Never no. ever thought. I'll 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 need to ask him about that actually. Yeah. Um, but I think I think there's a video actually of Sue Ness and Kenny talking about the old days and um, Bob Paisley. Uh, oh, was it Shank? It was Shank? it was Paisley, wasn't it? Who signed him? Bob yeah. Paisley actually said he would have signed Kenny had Keegan not have gone. Yeah. Um, that would have be been interesting as well, ah. Well, that, that's the thing Suness says to Kenny well that would have been an interesting pairing how do you think that would have worked and Kenny being Kenny went well I don't know but someone else would have had to do the running <laughs> <laughs>
3: that, that <laughs> really when, I think that's called When They Were Kings what are you talking when about yeah 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 that, that programme at on LSE TV. TV brilliant stuff well listen boys thank
1: you very much
0: you're welcome. I uh, really enjoyed
1: welcome. Steve, Dad and uh, Paul, thanks uh, so much. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just um, click that subscribe button and click the like button as well. And uh, thanks very much for watching. We'll have some more content for you next week. Cheers. Thanks, boys.
3: No problem. Nice one. Bye, son.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.